The Monday Night Live Holiday Labor Day Edition. Brian Fulford here and my partner right there. You see him, A.D. Drew. He roots for every HBCU, and that's what his shirt says. So he can't lose. Not after the tough weekend that he and I – after the tough weekend that we had, Drew, uh, you're, you're, you're a winner regardless. You're a winner. How you feeling, man? <sighs> Well, my pocket's feeling Big a little side. bit lighter. My pocket's feeling a little bit lighter. Both my HBCUs that I graduated from got the you-know-what's kicked. So other than that, it's a great day, Brian. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we can't, my, I my, my, been... P- my PWI one, though. Oh, well, you're doing better than me. My my high school My high school team got blown out. My, uh, well, we my HWCU loss, my HBCU lost. Uh, I mean, I'm just thankful that the NFL wasn't playing this weekend because the way them cats <laughs> like to play at the beginning of the year, they probably would have lost too. But don't worry, that's coming next week, I guess, or this upcoming weekend, right? As the, yes, <laughs> the NFL season starts on Sunday, heading into the weekend, right? Uh, so, yeah, man, got a full slate of action here from this past uh, weekend, week number one. In the books, uh, always something beautiful, always something mysterious about the college football weekend. Of course, you and I were both traveling in different directions um, this course of this weekend. Of course, I was down in South Florida, and uh, you you were in uh, Alabama. Um, well, I was and, at, uh, first, was I was just, at the uh, I was at the Albany State Mississippi College game Saturday. And then, oh, okay, to, uh, okay. So you, you know, Al- you Alabama, yeah. Then I went to Alabama to the Tuskegee Fort Valley game, the uh, Red Tails Classic. Yeah. So uh, you know what's funny is, and you know I saw this. This is this is just a reminder of, of this college season, right? So I just, of course, on the drive back, I, I didn't even bother staying down in South Florida after the game. I just, you know, we did our post show. And I just got in the car and, and drove home. I mean, it's three hours, three and a half. <laughs> I think I I think I slept for an hour at one of those rest stops somewhere. I stopped a couple more times to just get some drinks and chips to carry me home. I just wanted to get home. I just, just to stretch your legs. I, 
I just I just wanted to cuddle in my own bed and 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 whatever tears might come in the course of the night. <laughs> I, I just wanted to I just wanted to let those let that happen in private in my own room. So <laughs> needless to say, I was I was so thankful to get home at two something in the morning and uh and just just curl up uh, uh underneath the pillow. But uh all that to be said, I'm I wake up and I'm watching some of the highlights of the uh, Florida State LSU game, and I'm like, man, what a game, you know? And and then to act, this everything that is great and miserable about college football was summed up in the highlights that I saw. I mean, you had good plays, bad plays, infuriating plays, unbelievable plays. Then you get the television production with the. Uh, with with the, with, I guess there is no greater shot than the block kick that would have tied the game for LSU, and then they instantly go to the one LSU fan in the sea of Florida State fans, right? And at the same time, Florida State's playing neck right as the, <laughs> and that one guy is like, it's true. That one guy is just like, God bless him, you know. <laughs> and, and I mean, and then of course you get all the post game drama. You know, I guess LSU players are catching. I mean, they're catching from the ugly side of fans. No, never forget, fan is short for fanatic. So let's never be surprised about the idiots that have an opportunity to fire off tweets to 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 young teenagers and call it well, young men of eighteen to twenty two years old after a game, uh, whether it be for a missed punt, missed tackle, drop ball, whatever it is. People act stupid. And so you got guys from LSU who are like scrubbing their Instagram. And this is a story now because they're scrubbing their Instagram account. The You know, the media goes into, oh, are they possibly transferring? And it's like, no, these guys don't want to be a they, – they don't want they – they're tired of being uh, probably cursed at and all these other things that are being thrown at them on Instagram. But, that, I mean, just all of that, Drew, in the – is just, just the micro – just a microcosm of college football and the good, bad, and the ugly right there in that one game, right? Correct. You are so correct, Brian. And, so I hope. Yeah. But, of course, all that depends on, like you said, which side of the ball you were on when that play happened. Exactly. You know what? I, I, I hope that us as fans, whether our team – trust me, I'm sitting here on the side of whose team got their got – their, but spanked. Uh, I analogized. I, I, I analogized it to that uh, that old cartoon. And the only reason I'm, I'm referencing this is because I saw it and I just couldn't stop but laughing. That old uh, foghorn leghorn clip of him reaching into the dog into the dog's uh, dog pen and just raising his tail up and just smacking and just just smacking his tail and just, just running off that. So we, we got our butt handed to us like that. And, and other teams did too, which we'll talk about here coming up. And so, you know, I hope that in the midst of all that, uh, people are remembering that these are young men, young, you know, kids still. And uh, if we're going to be upset, you know, be upset at coaches, but more importantly, keep the smack talking to fans, you know, and even that you got to be careful about these days because sometimes people get a little too personal uh, and, and then they, they take it. They take it some kind of way, Drew. Like I, 
You know, I, I, I can only, I'm not going to mention it on the air, but I only have, as a friend told me, we only really have one shot that we could throw at Jackson State. And, you know, it's, it's, and, below and it's not, it's a, and it's, below. yeah, it's real below. It's, 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 low. yeah. So, you know, it's just like, we well, just got to take it. You just got to take your loss. And so there's other people that are out there taking their losses and licking their wounds. But guess what? Week two will be here before you know it, Drew, and everyone will get a chance to answer the bell coming back. Um, when you go back to work uh, tomorrow, so, yeah. get, just if you're on the wrong side of there, prepare to be quiet. If you're on the right side, exactly. okay, you get, your, you get your 24 hours. You got 48 hours this week because of the holiday. You stick your chest out a little bit. Right. But, right. but, but come Wednesday. Colors. Yeah, come Wednesday, you got you to gotta get back to reality. Yeah, my, my tradition is when my team loses, I'm always wearing black on Monday. When I go to school, I wear black. I mean, you know, I don't know if anybody really cares or pays attention, but it's just me. That's how I feel, especially after an NFL loss. I wear black. But if uh, my team won, I'm wearing I'm wearing blue or orange. I'm I'm feeling good about something. But but uh, man, so yeah, I want to give a shout out to everyone, the the group of folks who are joining us in the uh, in the chat room. Um, I'm paying attention. See you guys on YouTube. TDOS, uh yeah, well, it's a bad day for the state of Florida, man. I think all four Florida teams, HBCUs, took an L. Some, some by large margins, it's really wow. large margins. I, I, I never realized that till you just said that, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three, three of the four took a bad beating this weekend. So, not a happy day for Florida HBCUs, to say the least. I see Mary three hundred five. Them boys, Jay Blue, in the house. Um, you know, Rusty Shackelford in there, and I'm sure there's some people on you, uh, Facebook as well that will be joining us. Please make sure you are subscribed uh, to our channels. Uh, give a thumbs up. Uh, hit that like button wherever you're watching us at. Make sure you share the show. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. Okay, Drew, I thought we would do this. Oh, I should remind you, coming up in hour number two, uh, we've got some grades that we're going to be dishing out. We, we basically are going to take the top 10 preseason teams from our HBCU Pro Sports Media poll and giving teams grades. You know, we, we got to grade the opening performance. A lot of these teams had four, maybe five weeks of planning, Drew. And so we, we broke down their performance in week one with some grades. And, of course, nobody better than Dr. Kenyatta Cavill to come on and help us analyze the grades from the week one performances. And uh, then we'll start looking ahead to week two as well. Um, also should mention drew at our picks contest. Uh, I, I think I got one up on you in our, in our head to head picks contest. Of course, we both went three and two with our games, but in terms of our HBCU versus HBCU matchups, I was one and one. You were O and two, my friend. Sorry about that. It is what so, it is, Brian. All right. Let's get right into sort of our top five. You know, we talked about just some top five things. And our first top five that we're going to hit is how about some fantastic finishes from week number one? And I, I guess we'll start with Thursday. And we'll start with Thursday and Thursday's contest between Bluefield State and Johnson C. Smith that actually went double overtime. 
if I'm not mistaken, right, Drew? That game was actually played on Thursday. And uh, I believe this was the second year in a row that these two teams had uh, had played each other. And, um, you know, I what's the old – what's the rule of thumb, Drew, when you're in overtime and you're the home team? Well, how, how do you play that? Well, usually the rule is – it's not necessarily the home team or the road team in and, and football because, you know, in basketball, you always go for the win on the road. You go for the tie at home. But usually in football, if you have the ball second, that's when you want to go for two in the overtime. Okay, period. so, right. So <laughs> And then, of um, course, with the new rules, I believe to start the third overtime, everyone has to go for two anyway. Right. All right. So going into the fourth quarter, Bluefield State was trailing 27 to 20. And uh, they ended up tying the game with a minute and six left uh, in the fourth quarter on a 52 yard run. Um, thereby, uh, let me make sure I get the young man's name right. Uh, well, all I've got is K Smith. Um, so, uh, I, unfortunately, Mr. Smith, I, I don't have your first name written down here as I'm, as I'm kind of looking at the, uh, the stat sheet here. Uh, but, uh, Smith ended up with a 52 yard run and that actually brought the game to within a one point game. They tied it up with the extra point goes to overtime in overtime. Johnson C. Smith scores first with a six-yard touchdown run from Tim Newman Jr. And then Bluefield matches with a five-yard run from Lawton. And Drew, uh, instead of going for the tie, they end up going for the two-point conversion. And um, actually, they ended up running it twice because I think there was a penalty on the first two-point attempt. So they end up going to a whole different play and ended up winning. But... Um, all in all, fantastic finish, and uh, I know that's the videos out there on Twitter. Uh, but how about how about Bluefield State, man? Just finding ways to get wins, starting the season one and zero. And again, this is a program just now in their second year of football reborn, right? Correct. Um, another, uh, another, yeah, another fantastic finish that we got. For you, how about Clark? Clark versus Edward Waters, man. And this was this was probably the only close uh, Florida HBCU finish in, in this contest. And this is uh, it's the only one I we could have won. It, yeah, this this is basically this is an SIC matchup. Although Edward Waters can't compete for a, a championship, I don't believe. But but it yeah, it does count. It counts, so it's an Eastern, Eastern, Eastern. Uh, how, do you, how do you say it? Eastern division. Division, yes. Eastern division matchup. Edward Waters, um, Clark Atlanta goes down to the wire. Um, in in which case, and and you you brought up an interesting point uh, about this about this contest as it relates to uh, Slater. Willie Slater, of course, his first contest, his first game. And I see you got the video here pulled up. So, uh, let's go to – Yeah, Sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead. This the, that's all right. Go ahead. This is the video. Go this ahead. From get Edward the audio Waters. play. Well, hold, let me set it up here. Yeah, okay. let, let me set it up first because I want to make sure I give proper credit. This is off of uh, Edward Waters' YouTube 
This is uh, our good friend Joshua Jackson on the call for Edward Waters. Uh, I believe this is going for the tie, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, yes, yes this Clark is Atlanta Cl- was going for. Uh, no, were they going for the tie? No, they were going for the win. Okay, so they were going for the win. Uh, they had got the ball down to the, so a field goal wins the game. Field goal wins yeah. the game. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Let hit play. Snap. Placement. It's fumbled. It's fumbled. It's a fire play. Throws the ball up. It is caught. Touchdown, Park Atlanta. And the ball is thrown to the tight end. And CAU steals this one here in Jacksonville. Contest here for Clark Atlanta. The backup. Actually, the the, the holder. The holder. um, Sean Stevens. As is called by Joshua Jackson. The fire play on a bad snap. Curls the ball in the air to the right. Now, notice he had everybody running after him going left. Curls the ball right. Malachi Williams uh, catches it probably about maybe four yards from the end zone and manages to get in for the game-winning touchdown with no time on the clock. Uh, Again, all Clark needed was the field goal, and they end up coming away with a touchdown. Uh, Second consecutive tough loss. For Edward Waters, of course, last week uh, almost stole back a game from Florida Memorial. Uh, this week, they end up losing. Uh, Drew, thoughts there? What was that thought you had there on Slater as it relates to uh, those close finishes? Uh, if you remember, we were at the game. The last time Coach Slater was in Jacksonville, this was in the old stadium. Uh, this is when he was with Tuskegee, obviously. Uh, Ever Waters went down and had an opportunity to tie Tuskegee on a two-point conversion and uh, fumbled snap, and they were unable to tie Tuskegee on a two-point conversion with basically no time remaining on the clock. Uh if I would have had a little bit more time, I would have actually pulled up that play, but it was just as dramatic of a play back then. This was in 2019 with uh, Tuskegee. Tuskegee got out by the the seat of their team. So Slater on close plays in Duval is 2-0 against Ever Waters. And I, and I should make note that as I'm looking at the stats here, Sean Stevens – even though he's the he's the kicker, he's not the backup. He's the actual he's starter. Um, in in that game, he was nineteen of thirty two. That was his fourth touchdown pass of the game. So you know, I, I don't know if you go into that play, Drew, telling yourself, "Hey, watch for the fake." But I mean, it, that's why you have a competent quarterback uh, taking the snap on those field goal attempts and not a punter like sometimes teams do. 
most teams do. And, and the fact that you have a quarterback that, back there that's unfortunately they get used to handling bad snaps uh, from, from center. It happens once or twice a game. So, and he just had that instinct to run out, roll out, and throw the ball up because he he threw the ball to no, to no one. As you can see, as we watch this one last time, he literally threw the ball up to no one, threw it up for uh, grabs. And why not? The game is over with if if you get tackled. So. Why not just throw the ball up for grabs and give well, somebody I, a chance? I, I, I'm going to disagree with you there. I'm going to disagree with you that he threw it to nobody. He threw it. He knew he had at least one guy on, on that the side, right he, side who was who was eligible, right? Who was, and, and who was supposed guy, to be there. Right. And so if he threw it up high enough, possibly if that guy is paying attention – or better yet, if the Edward Waters defensive linemen are not paying attention, and as you saw, there was really only one guy from Edward Waters who kind of realized it when that ball was in the air. He was like, oh, wait a minute. The ball is in the air. Oh, my goodness. And then it was like there was a guy behind him, and he couldn't help it. So, yeah. I mean, that's just a heads-up play. I bet, And I bet you if you talk to Coach Slater – I mean, you practice. What are they it, like? Listen, never, <laughs> we, oh, yes, you we, never we expect it to happen. Yeah, I no, mean, no, you we, practice. We, we you, practice you, you practice bad. You practice a bad snap scenario, but you don't expect it to work. Brian, that's just like how many? We're basketball coaches. How many times do we throw the ball sixty feet, fifty, sixty feet in a game? And how many times does it go in in a year? Yeah, maybe half a time a year. About once every two years, you get that shot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good win there for Clark. Um and uh they get off to they get off to a one and start, man. I mean what what more can you say? Congrats to Coach Slater. First win there at Clark. I know Clark fans have gotta be uh excited about that. Let's go to another fantastic finish. This one involving uh we're we're still in the division two, the non division one level. This one involving two top 20 teams, Bowie State uh, taking on uh, New Haven. And uh, Bowie State is ranked, I believe I saw number eight, uh, New Haven 16. Uh, I, I think, I don't know if those numbers, I think on the D2football.com, I think Bowie was 12, New Haven was maybe 20. But anyway, these are legitimate two top 20 teams. It's also the debut for, I believe, Coach Kyle Jackson um, for Bowie. And, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about uh, his his rise and, and where he's come from. But um, this was an interesting game, Drew, because statistically, Bowie really dominated this game. But going into the fourth quarter, they were down 17 to 7. Uh, they put up seven in the first quarter, were held scoreless as New Haven scored 17 straight. And I'll be honest, I had, you know, flipped over and looked at just, you know, some some time uh, markers. And, and this game, maybe with about nine minutes, eight, nine minutes to go, it was still 17 to 7. And I'm thinking, ah, Bowie, Bowie might be in trouble. Uh, and, and then that's kind of when things woke up uh, for the Bulldogs. They scored uh, three times in that quarter, uh, started with a 33-yard run, 
Samuel Doku on an 11 play drive. Then um, the essentially the next possession, a one play 68 yard connection from Morgan Scroggin to Dion Golat Jr. Gives Bowie the lead, but New Haven retakes the lead on a field goal. And then with nine seconds left uh, on a 10-play, 73-yard drive that only took a minute, um, Quincy Hall catches a nine-yard pass from Deion Gallat. And that was his third touchdown pass of the day. Gallat with 17 completions, 266 yards. Bowie wins it 27 to 20. I tell you, Drew, there's a lot of these minute, one minute drives. I think back to that 99 yard drive by LSU <laughs> the other night. But then, you know, here's Bowie with a 73 yard drive, 10 plays, a minute and 12. Uh, talk a little bit about, oh, I, I did that, Drew. I just did that thing that I hate. Uh, I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if you caught it. But anyway. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Anyway, Bowie, 27 to 20. Drew, your thoughts on Bowie's win? You're on mute. (laughs) You're laughing. You're laughing, but you're on mute. That's all right. Still don't hear you. Still don't hear you. All right. So we must be having some technical issues. Of course, Drew is producing here today, folks. So as you, as you, oh, he's got the video. Drew, you got the video. I didn't know you had the video. Okay, here's the play. If you're watching us on YouTube, there's the play. Uh, we got. Do we have uh, where we got that video from, Drew? We got to make sure we want to make sure we give proper credits to where we got that video from that we're showing. You got that. I don't hear you, Drew. All right, so. We're going to fix our audio issues here because right now it's just me figuring out why I can't hear Drew. But uh, and, and we'll give proper credit to uh, to the person that shot that video. But let's do this. Let's take a short break. Got a couple other close finishes that didn't turn out in favor of the HBCU teams coming up. And uh, that that's more so on the FCS level. We'll talk about those almost fantastic finishes in a moment. Let's take a short break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a success. And a head of display. They're here. Hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Follow the Black College Sports Network. On social media, at MyBCSN1, the number one. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at MyBCSN1. 
This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, Darren Haynes. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Darren Haynes, uh, that was his video from the Bowie State game. So I just want to make sure to give proper credit. Of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, you see it. If you're listening to the podcast on the BCSN Pod Zone, well, you know, hey, you can go. You never even miss me. Yeah, you never miss me. (laughs) (laughs) but um speaking of the bcsn pod zone uh we we try to upload all of our shows from the black college sports network on the bcsn pod zone you can find it everywhere you listen to podcasts on spotify iheart uh apple Podcasts, google um just go make sure to search for us and when you find us Download, listen, rate, review, whatever it is you do with your normal podcast. You know, interesting question someone brought up, Drew. I'm curious, you know, are you, you know, how people consume? You know, we we try to put it in as many places as possible. Are people more YouTube watchers or I still listen to podcasts? I'm still a podcast person. So I'm I'm curious, you, you know. Um, Me, I, 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 let, I let YouTube play in my car when I'm driving. No, I'm not necessarily See, I, watching I think, the. I'm not necessarily watching my phone, but I definitely hear the audio while I'm on YouTube in my vehicle. 
Yeah, I, I bet there are a lot of people who are doing that. You know, a lot of a lot of folks out there. But uh, if you are one of the podcast people and you're still listening to podcasts, you can find our shows there in audio format. All right, we were talking about fantastic finishes as we as we recap week one. And how about okay? So the first half we were talking about the games that you know where we had winners, but we had some close finishes, some games that almost turned into wins for a few schools. And the first one I'll start with is a game that I think you and I both picked. We both picked Alcorn to beat Stephen F. Austin at home. And, you know, Drew, I feel like for at least a half, maybe even before weather interfered with this game, we were on the right side of things as uh, Alcorn had jumped out to a 24 to 10 lead at half. And then sort of timeouts, uh, no, no halftime, and the weather kind of wreaked havoc on this ball game. As uh, I, I don't know the whole. Do you, do you know what the time length of the delay was? I don't know, that? but that game didn't start to like after nine o'clock local time, if I remember that correctly. And it was like a six, I believe it was a six o'clock start local time. Yes. So okay, so you had a late start. And then what? They that still, game started when it should have been ending. Right. I, I know when I finally went to bed because I knew I had to get on the road, I cut on, I'm listening to Charles Edmund broadcast, and they're talking about, hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for <laughs> staying with us. So I'm thinking it was 1 o'clock Eastern time at least uh, when that when that game happened. Um, I see Jimmy Jimmy Wilson saying uh, he thinks Alcorn's quarterback got hurt. Yeah, I, I – I'd have to reach out to Charles and kind of get the get the whole gist on uh, what happened in that ball game. I know, um, I, you know, I, I they did go in terms of passing. Aaron Allen was the passer the whole game, uh, Jimmy. So I'm not really sure if he got hurt when he did, but they only had one passer. It was uh, Aaron Allen. He was 12 of 26, a touchdown in the INT. Um, Jarvion Howard. Rushed 21 times for 194 yards and a score. Nico Duffy, 11 for 73. In total, Alcorn rushed 285, which is what we expected. I mean, we thought that they would have a field day on Stephen F. Austin, right? But it came down to the wire in that ball game um, as uh, Stephen F. scored twice in the third quarter to tie it up. Uh, Alcorn took the lead with 734 to play. And then uh, with 222 remaining, uh, Stephen F. Austin connected on an 11-yard touchdown pass. Did you actually – did you get a chance to see the play that they scored no. on? No, oh, I didn't get a chance to see any. Beautiful, the, uh, beautiful highlight. play. I, I think it was a four-receiver set, trips right. And, I mean, they just kind of – there was a little delay or emotion by one of the inside receivers, and I, I don't know whether a linebacker got lost in the mix or the shuffle of what was going on, but uh, I think it was a nice pump fake involved by the Stephen F. Austin quarterback. And next minute you know, there was a guy wide open about five yards away from the end zone, quick little toss, and he just kind of walked into the end zone untouched. And it was just like, oh, Damn, and it was it was a nice play though. I think uh, I think I saw it on I, I saw it on Blue Bloods uh, Zach uh, Zach's Twitter feed uh, late at night. 
And so tough loss for Alcorn. Uh, they had that home winning streak, which kind of came to an end for them. So a tough loss for them. The other tough loss in the fourth quarter drew Tennessee State, who went all the way out to take on Eastern Washington, that big sky division playing on the red turf out there. And, of course, Eastern Washington was wearing all red with red helmets. Uh, um, so It was it was a yeah. bad visual game from and that it point. it was raining, yes. A bad visual. It was raining. And, but Tennessee State, they played well, man. They, they got off to a lead, I believe, early. They had a 19 to 15 lead in the first quarter. Um, and they ended up getting behind. I'm just kind of pulling up the stats. I remember most of it from watching it, but um, if I'm not mistaken here, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. They got to uh, Eastern Washington, actually uh, scored twice in the second quarter, jumped out to a 10-point lead. So 29-19 to 19 at the half. Nobody scored in the third. Tennessee State scored 10 straight points in the fourth quarter to tie it up and uh, gave up a touchdown with 239 to play and Tennessee State. But look, here it, it makes for an interesting matchup because for, for Tennessee State, uh, Devon Starling carried the ball 25 times for 207 yards and a score. Uh, Draylon Ellis, the transfer quarterback, was 17 of 27, 257 yards. He threw two touchdowns, one pick, but then he also ran 22 times for 82 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Draylon Ellis proved to be that man. Zach Dobson caught five catches for 132 yards. Cam Weiss, eight catches for 95 and a touchdown. Tennessee State looked really good, Drew. Looked really good. Yeah, for what I was able to see in that particular game, they did they did look good. They uh, moved the ball. The one thing that I saw that hurt Tennessee State more than anything else was uh, turnovers. Uh, Tennessee State did turn the ball over a couple of times, which uh, which led to Eastern Washington getting back in the game in a game that pretty much went back and forth uh, among those two teams. Yeah, uh, you talk about the turnovers. They um, they were minus two on the turnovers. Uh, they had one interception. They actually fumbled six times. Um, fortunately, How they many were times? four of those. They, How they many fumbled times? six. Well, hold on. They they fumbled six, but they recovered four of them. Gotcha. The two the two you lose though, you know when it, when it, they add up though, you know. But they outgained Eastern Washington very fast. Five forty seven to four seventy four. Um, I would say, you know, third down was interesting. Five of 16 on third down. They were three of three, though, on fourth down. So, I mean, that was a winnable ball game for Tennessee State. And, yeah, so Tennessee State and Alcorn both had winnable games that, you know, we talk about our FCS HBCUs winning these kind of ball games because these are the games that, if they can find a way to win, you know, one game was at home, one was on the road, it kind of creates that that positive narrative that matters late in the year. And we talk about rankings and wanting to see our teams ranked more. Well, 
that's two games that they they could have won, should have won. And so, you know, hey, um, better luck next week. I guess that's that's how that how that goes. Uh, any other finishes that you want to mention, or we go to let's go to number two. Let's go to our let's second go to number two. Uh, okay, so here we go. Our second storyline or second takeaway from the opening weekend: blowout cities. And I don't know if we can call these unexpected, Drew. I mean, there's two categories. Those that we expected, those that we didn't expect, right? Let's start with the ones. That I we know expected. what we, I know what we didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. the The one that I don't think anybody expected was uh, what Jackson State did to Florida A and M, fifty nine to three, in all facets of the game, all three levels. Jackson State dominated that game. Uh, looked every bit the part of, uh, hey, look, there's a reason that they were the BCSN Black College National Champs. You know, I I had somebody show me, hey, I I, I had somebody show me one of those championship rings for South Carolina State, right? And I asked, Mm -hmm. I said, does it have the record on that thing? And (laughs) no, it doesn't. It it didn't have the record. Look, I'm sorry. You were seven and five. That's all. I'm, I'm just going to say you were seven and five. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the Jackson State looked apart, man. And, you know, we had Charles Bishop tell us uh, he'd been trying to tell us. We we definitely weren't listening, but he, he told us. He said that Jackson State had a crawl up their rear after the way they finished their season. You know, people were talking about FAMU and how they finished that game against Bethune or uh, uh, Jackson State. Nah, look, that, look, the distractions may have had a a 60%, 50% of the reason why that game was the way it was for FAMU because, as I said on the post-game show that we did, Drew, you football coaches don't like distractions. It's hard yeah. when you have distractions, right? Nobody wants distractions. That and let's say all that, uh, all routine. that was going on with the past ten days. Yes, they want routine. They don't want distractions. All of that matters, man. I mean, you guys can say what you want out there, but give credit to Jackson State because even with the distraction that they were dealing with, there was still a different focus. Uh, there was a different level of uh, swag and attention, and they just came out to dominate. And hearing even on the Monday press conference from Dion, Coach Prime, they were upset that they that they left points on the field and allowed FAMU to get three. They were upset about that. And I legitimately believe that that's just not smack talk. That's, that's legitimate that they were upset about that. So I'm – Sets up a good matchup this coming week against Tennessee State. That's all I'm going to say. That hopefully, hopefully Tennessee State comes to play and, and proves to be a, a more worthy opponent. Uh, but, well, but that, at least Tennessee State is not an ag school, state. Brian. At least Tennessee State is not an agricultural school. Because I think it's it, something. I, I think there must be something against those people, those Jacksonians, against agricultural schools, Brian. You want to know why? You yeah, want to know why they, I say that? That because because they've been beating up on the, the, the last three times they played a school 
with the initials A and M behind their name. That is Alabama, Prairie View, and Florida, the A and M versions. Let's see, Brian. 10-9-21. They beat Alabama A&M 61-15. The most competitive game was the SWAC championship game on December 4th. Prairie View, 2017. And then this past Sunday, i.e. yesterday, they beat Florida A&M 59-3. For a grand total, Brian, against the ag schools of 147 to 28. Jack, people They're not Jackson. beating anybody else that way. They're not beating no. anybody else that way, are they? What, what, what <laughs> do you have against the agricultural schools, Jackson? I, Bishop, Neely, tell me, what do y'all have against the schools with A&M behind them? It, I, mm. You know what it is, Brian? I think they're jealous. And they're jealous oh. because all three of the schools with A&M behind their name identified themselves with the heel. Alabama A&M is the heel. Prairie View is the heel. And FAMU is what the highest you? of seven heels. So I think what that I think it has something to do with the it, it has something to do with the, with the heel. Move to the mountains, people in Jackson. Stop beating up on the AMs. I'm just having fun, y'all. <laughs> You, you, Drew, you, man, I, I love the way you connected dots right there, Drew. I, that was beautiful. That, I, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Did not see that one coming. Uh, um, wow. Uh, another blowout that we didn't expect Savannah State getting rolled up on by Southeastern. Uh, I believe Savannah State was home 34 to nothing before they even managed to put any points on the board. The final score, 34-14. Damn. Uh, so Southeastern is an NAIA school in Florida. Um, so, hey, look, the, the, reason I, the reason I say that is because in our – no, no, no. In, in our BCSN game time show, right, um, Sylvester Williams, who called the game, he was talking about uh, – we were talking about Savannah State and – and you know the new coach, and you know he was—he actually had me thinking Savannah State was gonna was gonna really show up, and they, you know this was gonna be a a new team, even though fifty-two uh, percent. I think the number is four, four, one of the two, fifty-eight or forty-two. Oh, wait a minute, let me say that right. Either fifty-two or forty-eight. One of the two are new. I think it's forty-eight returners. Forty-eight percent of the team are returning players. Fifty-eight, fifty-two percent are new. Right. So you got a new coach, new system. They're not running the ball heavy, but man, they got walloped. I mean, Southeastern, Southeastern put it on them. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was pretty much one of those unexpected blowouts. Now we can, we can talk about expected blowouts, although I'm not going to lie, Drew, I, I didn't think, I thought some of our, HBCUs would fare a little better. Uh, I didn't see, I didn't think Alabama AM would get beat 59 to nothing. I didn't really think South Carolina State would get beat 56 to 10. I thought Norfolk State would compete a little bit better, 55 to 3. I thought Bethune might, might, I don't know, might show, might cover 40 something points, got beat 70 to 13. Grambling, who, you know, we drew, we ran a poll and asked of the four 
teams, which team could cover? The line was only 28 points. Grambling, Arkansas State, right? Grambling loses 58-3. to Morgan State against Georgia Southern, the debut of Damon Wilson, 59-7. to uh, Drew, yeah, that check, boy, cut that check, but boy, cut that rear because they got whooped. I'm, I'm <laughs> All the thing I'm going to say about – I hope you didn't put – I didn't hope you didn't think any of those teams are going to cover because nobody covered. No, no I didn't okay. have to cover on any of those. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is, and I see uh, our good buddy Will down at Florida Memorial is uh, watching us. Uh, hold on, hold on. Don't, 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 don't go to that one yet. Don't go to that one yet. Don't go to that one oh, yet. Oh, oh, just, no, just... All, I'm, all I'm going to say is y'all got Southeastern next week. Southeastern uh, <laughs> has Florida Memorial next week. Don't remember where, uh, where the game is at, but uh, we, we saw what they did against the D2 school. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so needless to say, I thought – I. <laughs> I think the the the, tell, the stat that told on those games, Drew, when you go back and look, is the number of plays. Like Norfolk State only got off like forty five plays. Alabama A and M. I mean, the number of play, the disparity between the number of plays was 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 pretty bad. Um, you know, yeah, I saw T say uh, Bethune. They did well, score thirteen points. Hey, I'll tell you what, Bethune had a chance on their opening drive, right? I'm watching the opening drive thinking, okay, here's Bethune. They look really good the opening drive. Unfortunately, they dropped a touchdown in the end zone by Averitt, their their uh their their all-American tight end. I, I guess the DB may have swiped and got his hand in there. I didn't see it. It kind of looked like Jalen Jones had threw a good ball. I thought Averitt should have caught it. It's a pro catch. You make that catch, you cement everything that everybody thought about Everett as a tight end going to the NFL next year, right? He doesn't make the catch. Next minute, you know, um, you, there was a difference. You could see it, it just uh, as something Joe Joe Bullard likes to say. The difference is clear. <laughs> That's all I can say, Drew. The the difference was clear between Miami and Bethune. Uh, Ooh, not pretty at all. And yeah, then, yeah, State we got to awful. <laughs> Personal feelings yes. got involved in the hiring. Wow. Uh, I look. I I look. Who are you telling? I said it when it happened. I I thought they should have gone with uh, the, the coach who was there. It was at least for one the, year. The loyalty, at least for a year, giving him an opportunity. I, I don't. I still don't understand that. Uh, but anyway. Um, Benedict 52 to 14 over ECSU. That was pretty impressive for Benedict, uh, to get that kind of a win. Uh, but then, then we got to talk about that blowout. But, hold on, that, hold on. You forgot one Newberry, oh, uh, 40 to six over Allen. Wait, who? No, Newberry, Newberry yeah. yeah, number 19, Newberry, 40 to six over Allen, and Allen's lone highlight was a was a hundred yard kickoff return with about two minutes to go in the third quarter for a touchdown. Hey, hey, there you go. There you go. Good, good, good job. Good job. Um, and, and then there's the 86 points that Southern put up on Florida Memorial um, on the Pete Richardson Classic. You know, 
We'll talk about that a little bit more when we get into grades. <laughs> but, but, but ooh, ooh, boy, I tell you what, I hope yes. that trip to the bluff was hope that trip to the bluff was worth it, man. I, I hope that trip no, to the bluff Brian, was worth it. Only thing I'm gonna say is at least Florida Memorial got paid for their blowout. We just took we just took an ass kicking because the conference said you had to take that ass kicking this past weekend. And, no, and Tallahassee. They, they signed. No, nah, there was the look. There was there was some money, and there was some. You you pay. You took a contract, and you yeah. Look, it, it was what it was, Drew. We we can't make no excuses for for how dominant Jackson State was. I'm I'm not they, gonna. They 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 would have kicked our tails in Tallahassee, in Jackson, in Miami, or anywhere the way they were playing that game. Uh, under the circumstances of that game, yes, yes, they they would have uh, that kind of that kind of beating would have happened everywhere. Um, all right, so moving over to some of our top performances. Oh, you forgot you got one other uh, blowout. Oh, there was another blowout. What I miss? What I miss? Uh, Virginia Union, Virginia Lynchburg, seventy-seven nothing. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. Ah. 77 to nothing by Virginia Union over Virginia Lynchburg. 86 to nothing by Southern over um, Florida Florida Memorial. Now, and we'll talk about this coming up, but dare I say when we go to grades, there's a reason why neither of those wins – garnered an A plus in our opinion. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tease that right there. Because, you know, when we give out grades, you know, there's some pluses and minuses on some of these grades. And there's only one team that got an A plus. Anybody there are a lot of A's, there are a few A's. Anybody want to put in the chat who they think that team with an A plus is? Yeah, because I and, and no, it, it was I'll tell you now, right now. It was not Southern. It was not Virginia Union. Uh, you give it honest. away. You give it away. Well, I, I'm just saying there was a few other teams that got A's. You know, as I'm as I'm looking back through here, there's at least a handful of teams that got that got some A's. You know, I, I just want to just want to keep it real. Um, top performers. Let's kind of go through quickly top performances. Before we before we move, of course, coming up in the second hour, we got Dr. Gaville talking grades. Obviously, Shadour Sanders. I mean that what 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 he showcased against FAMU, where he started a game going seventeen for seventeen uh, over the course of the game. Uh, he threw five touchdown passes. Uh, what what was this? What was the final stat line for him? Do you, you have that pulled up? Uh, um, uh, give me just a uh, second. Because I'm on, I'm actually. On yeah, the I think he only maybe right threw three. I mean, he maybe only threw three incomplete passes, but it, it was a pretty. Chadour Sanders, twenty nine for twenty nine for thirty three, three hundred and twenty three yards, five touchdowns, no ints, a long of thirty seven yards. Yeah, four uh, four incomplete passes, and he looked. I mean, yeah, he did get sacked twice. But pretty much, I mean, fam, you never really got to him. He he picked us apart like he was picking 
Um, like he was picking uh, uh, grizzled meat out of his teeth with a toothpick. I mean, that's how. That's all. But and he had a lot of time. So uh, Brian, if you're gonna look Sam, memo you- to the memo to the FCS or memo to the SWAT, if you're going to give Shadur Sanders that kind of time, good luck with your chances of winning. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. What what I saw in the game from watching it on TV, and you were there live, and I even called and asked you that. Is this as bad as it looks in person as it is on TV? And you responded with, yes. Uh, but the one thing I saw on TV was the speed of Jackson State. Uh, more than anything else seemed to be the factor, uh, at least visually on TV. And also, if you're going to play a vanilla defense, then Jackson State – is going to put the fudge on top of the vanilla and eat you up. I heard Coach Sanders say this on the on today's press conference that he he said he is uh, Coach Prime said he is such a pro in the fact that he was talking with the new offensive uh, coordinator and really trying to analyze and figure out what FAMU might be doing see when you when you are so mentally locked in and prepared that you're already thinking it's almost how, when you're two to three plays ahead of your opponent and mentally when you're there I mean that's 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 a that's a sign of a quarterback who's who studies his craft and is ready for the next level and uh, credit to the coaching staff for giving him unique unique formations, um, good movement. Now they rolled him out. There were sometimes drew where he stood in the pocket in shotgun, did a quick little handoff, uh, and just turned and threw the ball and five, 10 yards down the field, the guys open to catch it. So when you, when you combine the defensive backs, the way they were playing, the way defensively fam, you played him and played them, and give credit to his offensive line. His offensive line did a much better job than they did go at the Orange Blossom Classic. I mean, all of that taken into consideration, man. Um, this is a this is a Jackson State team that I think we have to be very worried about. And it'll be interesting to see if everybody else improved. If you're if you're mentally prepared and locked in. I want to see what you do against Jackson State. FAMU was not mentally prepared and locked in. There I said it. All right? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So I I think uh, the the Offensive Player of the Weeks and all those awards will be coming in for uh, Shadour, I think, on the FCS level. Uh, From the HBCU level, I think Devon Starling's 25 carries, 207 We'll get some mention, even though that was in a loss. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to take that uh, take that away from Shador. Uh, how about on the Division Two or non D one side? Fort Valley State's Emmanuel Wilson, twenty carries. Oh my God! Two two hundred and sixty two yards, two touchdowns, including the eighty seven yard run to the house. In the second half, you said you were going to try to find a video for that. Did you even want to try that? Here we go, Brian. All right. Fingers crossed. Let's hope I come back with some audio. What a commercial. 
before Valley State. I think that's after. Oh, you got the replay. Emmanuel Wilson. Um, I know, Drew, I can tell you, he was one of the reasons why I was optimistic. Okay, so if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, obviously here it is. First down. Big hole up the middle by the linebackers, past the safety. He gone. That's when everyone that's when everyone headed to the stands. I mean headed for the exit. And it was and there was about eleven minutes left. Eleven minutes, some some change in that ball game. And you can see it's only a two score game. Yes. Two score game. It was it was only a two score game, but at that point everyone knew that as good as Fort Valley's defense was playing and Tuskegee could not put together a sustained drive that that was pretty much the ball game. Yeah. They, Tuskegee uh, had one touchdown to tie. They did not have two touchdowns to tie. Yeah, good point there. Um, you know what? And I appreciate – I think it was Jimmy Wilson who just pointed this out. Um, probably – one of the one of the games that had the most points, I and, and we didn't. We're going to talk about this more so in the midst of our grades, but we'll we'll go ahead and mention it. The uh, UAPB win over Lane. That's actually uh, UAPB won forty eight to forty two. I'm not going to lie. That's a game that I thought Lane was going to win. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Lane's Michael Huntley. Was uh, 15 of 21, 328 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, I, I Ike thought Brown. Ike Brown also had uh, three yeah. touchdowns in that game, two rushing, one receiving. For he Lane. did, yeah, Ike Brown for for Lane, but uh, Pine Bluff they got two. And they, look, we talked about, yeah, I, I guess I guess we should mention in terms of running, uh, Kayvon Britton, 31 carries, 237 yards. And three scores. Uh, Skylar Perry, one of the older returning quarterbacks in the SWAC, uh, not a bad performance. Sixteen to twenty-seven, one touchdown, one INT, two hundred twenty-two yards. But clearly, uh, Kayvon Britton was the story. I mean, thirty-one of the forty-seven carries went to Britton with two thirty-seven. So I think that Wilson. So of the top rushers. You've got the 262 by Wilson. You've got the 237 by Britton, the 207 by Starling. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anybody else I'm missing. It's possible. Um, you guys hit us up in the chat room. Let us know if there are any performances that we're, that we're missing there. Um, and, I, and I go and I, I want to take a quick peek and see was that game that game was interesting from the standpoint it 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 was it was uh is as it was as close as a touchdown game at the end of the half um you know actually lane had a lead in the lane scored first to the second quarter yeah they scored first they had a lead at the lead in the second quarter yeah and uh UAPB kind of answered with a pair of uh with a field goal and a touchdown to go up by six. Then uh, they answered, and this is what always is big. When you can come out and start the second half with an 85-yard kickoff return, 
That's what kicked it off. Uh, Maurice Lloyd with an 85-yard kickoff return for UAPB. That put them up. But, hey, then Lane comes right back and answers. So that game just – look, we Lane was one of those teams that we talked about, Drew. How close is Lane to UAPB? All respect. Hey, good win, UAPB. But Lane has to feel really good that they were that close – to UAPB. I told y'all to watch for Lane in the SIAC West. Hey, Brian, you know something? It's time for us to have some fun. Okay. It's time to give the doctor a quiz. Okay. Dr. Okay. Camille. That is something we need, to, we need to take a break. We need to take a break. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yes. We need to take a break. We need to take a break. We still got two more things. Maybe he can work with us on our overreactions because that's one of the other storylines. I'm sure there's a lot of overreactions. So we'll come back. We'll talk overreactions. You guys in the chat room, what are you overreacting about heading into or after week one? What are you overreacting to? Uh, We'll come back and see if your overreactions match with ours. And then we'll get into some grades with Dr. Cavill on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view works itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a success. And a head-up display. They're here. Hey, the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Follow the Black College Sports Network. On social media, at MyBCSN1, the number one. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at MyBCSN1. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and joining us now is the dean himself, uh, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, episode 300 was this past Saturday, Doc. You had a Congratulations, Doc. Break. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. 300, Thank you. 300, 300 strong. 
Yeah. You know, if he was a baseball player, be, uh, Brian, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Back yeah. 300. Well, look, I was wondering if they did that. I wonder if they did the old Sparta. You know, you know, get the whole Sparta 300 thing in there. You know, I, I you know, but, uh, you know, just, uh, hey, uh, let's, uh, we brought in Doc here. Want to go into some quick overreactions, Doc. We were talking about fandom, you know, and that, and then that we talked about the, the, uh, the, the LSU Florida State game had everything. It kind of surmised college football. You had great plays. You had frustrating plays. You had fantastic finish, fantastic miss. You had the craziness afterwards. The television production picks it up. Everything you wanted. And, and then, you know, we had we even had some HBCU games like that. You know, the Clark Atlanta game uh, against Edward Waters. We had the uh, – the, the buoy finish, the uh, Bluefield State, uh, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And we and we so we go into overreactions. What's what's something that you're hearing? What are people overreacting to after week one? Give us something that you're hearing. Uh, one, one overreaction. One over. I give you three of them. One overreaction. Uh, it's going to be um, North Carolina A and T fans uh, with their loss to North Carolina Central. I yep. think they're overreacting. They got a, you know, still have the conference game, much like the MEAC. Uh, they play so many non-conference games that uh, obviously you don't want to lose to your rival. And I understand that most certainly. Um, but uh, the, you almost hear some of them ready to throw in the towel. And I think that's a little bit early. I certainly understand some major concerns, uh, what that is. And many people are even talking about pulling up the moving truck. I think it's a little early for that overreaction. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get in some more of that. So that would be my first one and probably my top one. Uh, another one is Tennessee State. Uh, mm. They did an excellent job, had um, a chance to win that game. Uh, but I'm hearing a couple of posters out there talking about Tennessee State has the best HBCU program, FCS program out there. Well, actually, they just said best HBCU program. So I mm. thought that was a little bit of overreaction. Um, certainly <laughs> interested in the match. After a loss. I, I, I can't co-sign on that one. After a loss. <laughs> I've never heard that before. After a loss. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that that was um, a little shocking for me uh, in terms of that overreaction. And the Savannah State fans, uh, you know, they might be rightfully yeah. sold to be prepared to overreact, but uh, game one, you got to be careful about overreacting. Now, for them, I give them credit. They were very loud when uh, they made the announcement with the coach. So they just, they, they're continuation. This is not starting over. This is a continuation of their overreaction. So we'll see. Maybe another game, and then, hey, you can put your chips all on the table if it still is looking as broken as it did this past weekend. But in terms of my different level, those are my three overreactions out there. I got an overreaction, uh, Drew and Doc. How about uh, Texas Southern and Coach McKinney being on the hot seat? Uh, I, I don't know, you know, that or, – or, or potentially Andrew Body transferring – uh, kind of pulling the Kaylin Newton. Uh, that, that I've heard of all of that over the past 24, 48 hours. So uh, slow down, Texas Southern fans. Slow down. I know y'all only put up 166 yards of total offense, 
But slow down. It's still, <laughs> it's still week one. <laughs> it's still week. Look, Where that's about you, as bad as. Have you had five pass attempts in that game? Five pass attempts in that game. Didn't hit a one. The quarterback went out. There might be some time for some overreaction to Tiger Nation. They've been doing it for a while. Um, they're just not looking too good over there. So I, I'm a, them, them are fans. I know some of them. They have been steadfast for a while. Um, and so if they start to kind of getting up, boy, I can see that. I'm not going to call that one an overreaction. i tell you this, though, to your credit, if I go with you, Brian, uh, game three when they play Southern, if they can't find a way to fix it, yeah, you can forget overreaction. I don't know. You might just – It might be an action. It might be an action. Right. Drew, any overreactions for you? I got you hearing two two real yeah. quick ones. Uh, South South Carolina State. We saw the shellacking that they took on TV. Uh, but this is Buddy Pew that we're talking about. It's the BAC. All South Carolina State honestly cares about are those five games at the end of the season. That let's be real; those five games will put them back uh, in the celebration bowl if they get all five of those. So, not only for South Carolina State, but any MEAC team. Let's not, let's not overreact to the non-conference portion of their schedule. And this is an uh, overreaction in a different Drew, sense. I, right I would say I agree okay. with that, but uh, let's throw this next week game in there in one and two weeks in terms of South Carolina State. But Thune, Cookman, and FAMU, they're going to want a piece of that. So yeah. maybe a little, 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 little something before those I got last you. five minutes. I got you. I got you. Uh, one other thing, and I don't know if this is quite an overreaction, but I think this is a good time to say this one. Everybody seems to think that they can do like be like the Joneses and do what Jackson State did and bring in all these players out the portal and add players, stir, and you're gonna win. Uh, Connell Maynard brought in an entire new start 11 on defense. How'd that go for you, uh, Thursday night? At, uh, Alabama, Birmingham, and a few other schools had had great uh, great transformations. Grambling State had a bunch of transfers come in. So, just because you bring in all these transfers does not mean you are going to win tomorrow. So, if that can qualify as an overreaction, I think that may be an overreaction that you could just bring all these FBS players in, and you're gonna you're gonna win. Prime made Especially it your overreaction is for those folks that thought they were going to do something against FBS programs. They call it an upset for a reason, and it's hard to call an upset. It, it means it's not supposed to happen, and so you really got to look deep into the numbers to find out when there's a real chance of a team maybe keeping the game close and then somehow getting upset, meaning you have a senior quarterback. You're really tough on the line. You can run the ball, and the team that you're playing FBS is playing uh, uh, a first a freshman quarterback or something like that. You really have to have some nuances that fit the description that allows an upset to happen. And I think sometimes we get into it and they're like, hey, you know, this team FBS, they're lower FBS. They had two wins last year, and you do things like that. And that, to me, doesn't is not enough to really get into a real upset. And that's why last week the only one I called that I thought would be close um, that we you could potentially get are the two 
were the closest ones. I looked at Tennessee State, Eastern Washington. I said, you know, keep an eye on that. But the one I particularly thought that you needed to get uh, that was plausible was the Alcorn State Stephen F. Austin game. Um, and they almost particularly got when you playing those type of games at home, uh, you got to find a way to get them. They kept it close, had the lead, and couldn't hold on. But it's tough going on the road, as you know, gentlemen. I don't care where you're going. It's tough going on the road to get a victory. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a. I don't know if I can, can hold. How long I'll be able to hold this? But uh, the the team that has scored the most points against an, an FBS uh, opponent is uh, Florida A&M, 24 points. So I don't know how long we're gonna hold that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a positive out of, out of negatives from the last two weeks, and I'm gonna hold on to that. Uh, also, how about this I overreaction? That, I think that's a strong positive, but I always tell folks to be leery of a game or two analysis because you come t- turn right back around, and appropriately, a lot of folks talked about North Carolina's defense that they had a lot of, you know, particular um, professional athletes opportunities on that side of the ball, which um, I'm sure, in terms of measurables, they still like likely to have it. But you turn around this past weekend, and sometimes you forget because you're watching so much of your. HBCU games, but that was a game where Appalachian State gave North Carolina fits, and it wasn't that they, they just gave won fits the game. in terms of close game. They scored points on them, so it might be an indication mm-hmm. that the defense of North Carolina is not quite as strong as it may be. So it's it's really hard, as Mike Washington, you know, on the show, he always tells his data points, and the key word is points, meaning multiple points. So it's hard to get data points on a game or two. So Obviously, we need to talk about things, so we'll talk about it. But once we get a couple of games under our belt, it's easier to really make some correlation between things that we see based on our eyes and the data points in terms of what to see. But I don't uh, want to rush you, Brian. I understand. Hold on to that. Hold on to that 24 points. It's a great point. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got, Doc. I'm, I'm standing out here. I'm standing out here with, with a with a with a sheet on on the corner of the street. That's all I got. That's all I got. Hey, uh, how about this for an overreaction? Uh, Howard, Howard, you 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 will get your U back eventually. I don't know if that's ever coming back. Uh, you have been beaten six years in a row. Nineteen of the past twenty three games have gone to Hampton. I, look, wow. I'm Howard is Howard is now Theological Institute. As they, they are going back to their original name, and I will henceforth call them the Theological Institute Until in Washington, D.C. Until you beat Hampton, it, it, you are now it, it, the Theological and Institute. And unlike Theological Institute, unlike like Texas Southern University, they can at least brag on the basketball side. The Howard, I mean, they're building something special, and they might start to, but, but as of late, can they even brag on the basketball side of that robbery, or is it? Swim team. Maybe, I know what they can do. They can brag on the women's side. What about the women basketball? No, yeah. that, that's how, not going how, too well. I'm not sure. How, how was women? Do. Maybe softball. Swim team, Maybe Doc. Softball. Swim team. Swim team, Doc. Maybe softball. Well, Hampton doesn't even have a swim team. That's not nice. That's why they can win it. Wow. That's not nice. I knew where you were going. All right, let's get into some grades. So what we did is we we took a look at the top 10, the preseason HBCU Pro Sports Media poll. Took a look at the top 10. A lot of these teams are in your poll as well, giving teams some grades. And so as AD and I were going through breaking down grades, 
I uh, wanted to get your take on this, and we'll just kind of go go down the list here. Number one, first off the bat, A-plus grade to Jackson State. Uh, I think they dominated every facet, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, they, they, they dominated – they dominated from the pregame, <clears throat> the minute that their president uh, stood up there next to our president. But Brian, was they that pun that. intended when you said they dominated from the pregame? Was that pun intended on that? I say things, Drew, and they just it naturally happens that way. You know, <laughs> it was not intended. Shout but out, to, shout out to Bishop and Neely. I look. I had I text Charles after the game. I said, good call, congratulations, uh, you know, because he called it. But anyway, uh, he called it. Called it on two different shows, matter of fact. So that one hurt. But anyway, so A-plus for them, they 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 beat us pregame. They beat us in the stands. They even were playing our music. That really hurt, too. When you play, out, when you play another school's anthem, that's total disrespect. It wasn't like just playing neck, Doc. They played our let's go. They played. I'm just like, what are y'all doing, man? And then they teep just dirty. <laughs> they they treated us like a full-time member of the swag. Like last year, I felt like it was that probationary year where nobody wanted to nobody wanted to be nasty to FAMU last year, right? Nah, that's over. The probationary period the is over. Oh, wow. The gloves are off. We felt like a real member of the swag uh, this past weekend, Doc. So <laughs> Uh, A-plus performance for Jackson State. Uh, That just means when we go to the number two team, tied for number two, actually the two teams that were tied for number two, Florida A&M, South Carolina State, uh, FAMU, we had to give them an F. Uh, We we just flat out, that F is not for FAMU, that F is for failure. Uh, That is how, (laughs) that's, that's how... That how that's how that goes. Uh, now, the only reason South Carolina State got a D minus is because they were playing an FBS opponent, and that's the only reason we gave South Carolina State a D minus. So, let me let you react to those first three grades, there, Doc. I miss, I miss one of them, but I certainly agree with the A. I'm sorry, I got all three of you right. I, I, I agree with the A-plus for um, Jackson State. They they really came purposeful um, through that game. And obviously, I have the cheat code with uh, Charles Bishop. And every once in a while, he'll get caught up with conversations. But he's really, you know, somebody that doesn't just talk the noise. So when he quietly gives you information, and he's done it on the show, as you said, in different things, He's one of the people that you really want to take seriously because he's not going to just overreact or try to do it to talk noise. And he was telling me off the record, and I was able to say it on a couple of shows after I got it, but I knew I was had some major concern with Jackson State when he told me a lot of the guys that started games last year were running with the third team. So that told me two things. It means some of those FBS, uh, the freshmen in terms of Coleman, and Hunter, because both of them got in that game and played out. People may not recognize that when you get these top 40 players, you can start to see why they are talented at that level. Um, and, and it also told me about the depth, that they have more depth. And when you're trying to dominate, as Coach Prime was talking about, part of the ability to dominate is when you can rotate players in and out and you don't lose a lot of depth. You keep them fresh. 
you keep them with a lot of energy because all of them never know when the number's going to call. And even though they may not start, they're going to play a lot of time. And so they start challenging each other and playing up to that level. That was a major concern for me just as a general fan of the SWAC and HBCUs that this team is serious uh, in terms of what they're trying to get done this year. And so I agree with you as A+. Uh, in terms of FAMU, I wouldn't give them an F uh, because they came to class, they did the work, and they had some things off the field outside of their direct control in terms of the thing that, that happened the last two weeks. And so I would. I think I they forgot to turn in the excuse to the uh, to the professor, Doc. That's why you got we got a film. They didn't turn in the excuse. No, I, yeah, I always did that with my, <laughs> with my classmates. So I had, I had the chance to talk, and I heard everything. So I talked to this young, you know, young men, and so I, I would told him, you know, hey, we understand that, you know, you're not there yet. It's early in the season, so you got a chance, but you better study and get in these books because midterm will be here before you know it. Uh, and then final examination, I can't do anything after that. But, you know, I'll let you know right now they got their first exam back, you know, the quiz, uh, and it was a D. And the only reason I give them a D is because I didn't <laughs> want to give them straight up uh, because I wanted to know that you need to study for this class. If you don't study for this class, I don't care what's going on on the outside. When it comes to the game and you need to study, you need to be prepared because I'm going to give you what you get. And that's why I give them a D. Uh, in terms of the last one you were looking at what uh, was South, South Carolina, Carolina State. State. Yeah, with the FBS. I gave them a C-. Um, I, just, I don't like these games. I don't like FBS games. I think it does more for the brand. Obviously, I understand why you play them, but uh, the brand association, and we already know the negativity that's out there associated with HBC football. So I don't like the idea that this plays into that. And so – you make a connotation into a denotation because now people can look at a score and say, I told you what they say about your institution in terms of sports is, is exactly that. So what I've continued to try to tell uh, athletic directors and the commission, that's why I'm glad that he's coming up with this SWAC uh, classic, if you would, to find mechanisms that allow uh, these programs to understand the need to play at your level and find a way to generate revenue. Um, it's, it's just not a good look. But with that being said, we know there's a differential. My expectation is that you're not going to go in these games and do anything. Scholarship disposition, um, travel, and all those kind of things, it's not even supposed to be close. If you get a game where it's close here and there, you take it. But if you act like that's the case clause, you're, you're in trouble because you really don't understand the dynamics of what's taking place. So even when you get a chance with the Grambling, Arizona, it's something kind of nice. Uh, you'll take it, but it, it's not meant to be that. Howard, uh, obviously, um, UNLV. There's a reason that that was once in a lifetime type of words to wage your number. That is not the norm, and it's not supposed to happen. So I can only give you a C minus when I know something is to take place. I don't. I grade you differently from that perspective. Hmm. Interesting, interesting take, Doc. Because um, I, I think uh, when I when I go back and I, as I look through, obviously, some of the other top 10 teams who played Alabama A&M, uh, of course, um, and, you know, look, we, we may just be harsh graders. Probably we are. Uh, you know, That's right. We, we That's what happens grade. when you're first-time professor. Adjuncts, they all excited about me in the classroom and you want to that's, – that's what y'all do. It's normal. I'll come in, conference you in the dean's office and say, look, man, 
you know, work through your process. You, you're doing too much. You're going to be okay as a professor. You're doing too much. But it's understandable. <laughs> you know, it's a good point. It, you know, we, what we have to do, Drew, going in for next week, we got to work on our rubric. You know, that's what I think we need to do. Yeah. We're going to have to work on our rubric. Revise because, our you rubric. Know, it, yeah, we're going to have to revise our rubric because, you know, we did give Fs to to uh, a, Alabama A&M and, uh, and, and Grambling. Now, remember, we only gave Norfolk State a D minus. And I, uh, now I'm trying to go back and say, okay, why did we only give them a D minus and why we gave Alcorn, or uh, not Alcorn, but uh, Alabama A&M and Grambling uh, such a hard grade? So we go back and look at that. Um, I, I think I think a lot of those teams that we gave the F2, Brian, not only did they, you know, look look bad on TV, but when you actually went inside the stats, uh, turnovers were high, uh, penalties were high, and, th- and things of that nature. It, it really seemed like they got beaten all three phases of the game, and then you add turnovers and penalties on top of getting beaten all three phases. That's why those teams that we had at those D minuses and Fs were at that level. Yeah, the, look, you, the history of these games, you can't go into these games – and turn the ball over. You can't give a team 21, 28 points in the first quarter. You can't, you can't, the special teams break down, the block. I mean, all of these games are typical because they all sort of had the same thing. A block punt, which turned into a touchdown. A fumble early. was, And before you even get halfway through the first quarter, you're down 21-0. I mean, the MO is all the same. And I guess... All of those things considered about the, the 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 number of scholarships, the difference in budgets, I still sometimes go back to X's and O's and execution. You practice those special teams all the time. You practice on ball security all the time. So I guess I'm I, that that's for me. I, I get a little. And that's a problem for me seeing that happen. Like, like you said, I, I, I expect you to maybe get beat by a bad score, but I, I don't want you to beat yourself. You beat yourself when you turn the ball over, when you don't uh, 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 punt block properly, when you don't feel jump the off punt sides. Jump off, those are things that you beat it. You're beating yourself, and, the, and and I say that because when they play in their conference games. And should they lose a conference game, those very same stats we will go to and say that's why they lost. Problem is the other team wasn't efficient on offense like Marshall, uh, UAB, or uh, uh, um, Arkansas State. So uh, let's go to another game. Here you go, Doc. Here's a good discrepancy. Number four preseason poll, North Carolina A&T, and number 10, North Carolina Central. Now, we ended up giving A&T a D. We gave Central an A. And I think one of the things that we looked at in this ball game, you know, A&T was an 11-and-a-half-point favorite, losing by 15 on a neutral site. Uh, that's that's pretty bad for a upper 
ranked team. Um, you know, if you had put, I don't know, if you had put $100 on North Carolina Central, you would have walked out of there with $400. That's how impressive a win that was for North Carolina Central. What are your thoughts on those grades for A&T and Central? Yeah, I, I think that was interesting. I'm going to go back for that Norfolk State Marshall game to make one more example. Um, last week, MEAC started their MEAC day, and, and I pride myself of being able to go to the media, 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 one, to ask the question, but also to listen in. These coaches, if you really get into them and you ask them really some serious questions about X and O's, you, you can get them to start giving you a real football talk. Um, and last week, uh, Coach Odom talked about Marshall in their front seven, particularly their defensive line. He, he talked about how good they are, how All-Americans they had on it, how conference, all conference members you had on there. And I knew by definition that's going to be a problem, you know, for a team that's coming in with a new freshman, I mean, a new first-time starting quarterback. And so, again, I don't think sometimes we forget that we got to really get into um, the details of a game in terms of what does one team do offensively that's really special. And on t on top of that, you know, is it the linebackers that you need to be able to keep up? And y'all know this as previous coaches into this, but sometimes we don't break this down because our listeners, they want some of it, and there's other ones that just want to talk. But when you get into that dialogue, it can start telling you really fast uh, with Marshall and the new coach that they're building something over there that might be special in Marshall to let you know that this is not just a FBS G5 team that you'd be like, oh, well, no, this is a program that's on the rise. <laughs> and when they play anybody, especially a team that is trying to put some things together, and same thing when you talk about a punt block. All punt blocks to me are not the same. You're right. It'll drive you crazy, penalties. But is it a freshman, a sophomore that is making the mistakes? Or is it a junior and senior? Um, so the same thing when I'm in the classroom. I teach my freshman class differently than I teach my senior class. The expectations I've walked my students as freshmen, sophomores, and juniors are totally different. I, my expectation from a master's second year student is totally different than a doctoral student. So when I get in there and we're, we're breaking down how we go over through the process, the way that I'm going to grade you is going to be based on that level. I'm grading you differently as a freshman class. Now, I provide more work because I want them to get the repetition in the practice. When I give you a senior, I'm not going to give you as much work, but my expectation when I give you a paper that's a little longer, that you know now what type of details you need to put in there. And I'm starting to look and grade you on, did you do that type of work versus freshman? You may be able to get away with some mistakes. I'll circle them and make sure you know, but I'm going to grade you differently. But I like the point that you made in terms of North Carolina A&T and Central. Yes, on paper, that was a major deficit in terms of the grade. But when I went into it and I heard Coach Oliver, I heard a couple of uh, media fans that, that talk about this uh, Central team. And one thing that stuck with me from Joshua Sims, a senior that said, he said, anytime that North Carolina Central Eagles have went in and played A&T and they've had an extremely experienced quarterback, A&T has been in trouble. They've won. That resonated with me because I went back and looked and see if the data was accurate. And I was like, yes. Now I started talking, hearing Oliver talk about, hey, this is a more tier team. They're hungry. They're no longer celebrating like winning a MEAC SWAC challenge. The expectation is different. Um, and there were just some major concerns with A&T that obviously, in a lot of ways, is living off their brand name of the past. They had questions coming in at quarterback. 
and there was no indication that they really uh, had decided who it was going to be other than maybe this freshman, and that's going to be a problem. He could be good at some point, but you're still talking about somebody young that hadn't played on this level. You're talking about a team that just commits too many penalties. And so I came in with the expectation that Central was going to win this game. It would decide what everybody uh, thought. So in my indication, again, you're talking about a D-plus for North Carolina A&T, and they don't get an F again because I knew they were in trouble, and I thought they lived up to that. I gave um, North Carolina Central an A-minus. I gave them eight minus because there's some things they can build on. They didn't close the game out as strong as they want, but they controlled the momentum of that game, and they came with a certain level of expectation. They got it there, and that's why I gave them an eight minus. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, two other schools here. Um, number – actually, a couple other schools here, actually, here. Uh, number six, preseason number six, Alcorn State. Uh, and number eight, Tennessee State. Both of those teams lost close games against FCS opponents. Uh, that really wins that would have changed, started to change, I think, the perception for this year. Uh, of course, Alcorn lost at home. Uh, we ended up giving Alcorn a, a B. Uh, I think that was a game in which uh, not only they covered the 14 and a half, had a three-point lead with about 7.28 to play. Uh, they outrushed their opponent. They had mo- more total yards from scrimmage. Uh, they only committed three penalties, which I, I thought that was a, a pretty good game. That, that speaks to, uh, I think, their their maturity um, in a situation. And they had to deal with the, the rain delays, which not only started late, and then it affected mid-game, too. So they had two different delays that affected that outcome. And then Tennessee State, uh, we ended up giving them a B-plus for just by the fact that, hey, long road trip, they too had to cover. Uh, they covered a spread that was high, 22 and a half points. They had a, they had a lead in the first quarter, came back uh, after trailing at halftime to tie it up. They outrushed their opponent, 290 to 126. They outgained their opponent, 547 to 474. Um, and, and the one the one thing that you might want to – that might be a, a, a dangerous thing for them, they gave up five passing touchdowns, Doc. So uh, talk a little bit about – ooh, I hate that. And then uh, – so we got the Bs there, the Bs there for uh, Alcorn State and Tennessee State. Where are you on your grades with them? I go with Alcorn State first. They were at home. It's hard for me to give you any type of B when you have a loss. Um, even if I believe you should have won the game, you lost. Um, and that happens in my poll. You don't get rankings because you play uh, FBS or even a power five and you look good at playing it. No, it's kind of like the band stuff. You know, just because you got fans and cheerleaders and folks voting on you, it's a win-loss. You lost by talk to you later. Try again next time. Um, it just doesn't excite me on that. You know, I give them a lot of credit in terms of what they are, but they got a C plus. I mean, you can't have a home game against a top 15 team and be satisfied because you played them co- close. No, I, I'm not giving it to that. Um, kudos to the quarterback. I think he's going to be something uh, tough in this league. Um, now with this, that means you have five starting quarterbacks that are from the state of Texas uh, on the SWAC teams, which is fascinating to me. You know, Texas Southern, Prairie View, 
uh, Jackson State, uh, uh, Alabama State, and now Alcorn State. So that's going to be fascinating to keep your eyes on what does that mean in terms of the league as these things get going. But, yeah, you, you lose that game, I, that's a C plus. I mean, you got work to do. Uh, credit for making us look okay, but, hell, you lost. You lost. I'm sorry. Same with Tennessee State. In a lot of ways, it's worse than Tennessee State. Give them credit. They went on the road and played on this red, ugly turf with these helmets, but uh, they let the guys celebrate after the game because they won. The guy threw five touchdowns. Well, how am I going to get excited because you can run the ball? Well, you couldn't stop the pass on defense. It's not good uh, to do that. Um, Got to get another chance to, with another top 20 team this week with Jackson State when we get a chance to see maybe it was just long road jitters of kicking off the road start, but it looks like they got a quarterback. They certainly have running back offensive line. I love what they're doing there. But they got some work to do on defense. Uh, they couldn't stop anybody. Crucial. I mean, I watched that game because they were in it. Um, third down conversions. They got they got a chance where it was uh, in the end zone. They got a call back. The dude went left, threw back, and threw over the receiver and got the touchdown right back. I was like, you just got the penalty to help stop, and you can't stop them. They could not stop anybody offensively. Uh, and as you said, there were just too many penalties in the game. So self-inflicted wounds. I can't give you a B for that. I'm not grading on the curve. This is where I'm looking at the seniors in the classroom. And I come in there and I start saying, yeah, you're not a freshman. I'm not giving you F squared. But you're not going to come in here and get no B, A plus, because you gave some effort. I got a different definition of effort. You got to do better than that. I'm going to send you out into the world world where people don't care about you. No, that's not going to work. And so go back over there and redo the paper. I'll give the paper back to you. Because I don't like reading stuff. My expectation you do well in the class, so you can do it again. But if this is what you want, this is the grade you're going to get. It's going to be a C plus. You want a better grade? Here, do the paper over again. That means Drew, did you see? Field, try again next week. Drew, did you see what Doc did there? He taught a master class on grading, right? The same, yeah. Remember what we remember how harsh we were at the bottom, right? We right. Were, we, were, we, were, we, were, we were really harsh at the bottom. And we were a little too good at the top because the standard See, of excellence is a little bit higher. <laughs> but he understands. See, I, I'd, have he, it, I'd have figured it out. Doc, doc, doc don't want to fail you because you got to keep that. You got to keep that fail percentage uh, up high. But you got to earn this dog. Go hey. So, doc, doc has one of those classes that we took back in the day, Brian. Sometimes when you get that one, when you get that professor. Hey, bro, all I want to do is see my way out this class. I, 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 look, I, I know if I do, if, if I do A, B, and C, I will at least get a C. I may not get an A, so I, I need to take basket weaving over here to help my GP, to balance out my GPA. But I need to get this knowledge out this class, so I need to see my way out this hard class and go take this easy class somewhere else. Did, do I, do I, did I buy something up for you, Doc? <laughs> yeah, you did it right. That is exactly right. And shout out to them boys talking about, I need to see this version of Doc on the show. No, you only get this as a guest. My job on the show. But I appreciate it, them boys. I, I love that. Much respect to you. And uh, if they bring me on the show every once in a while on Mondays to give out some of these grades, we'll do it. What you really want to be interested in, wait till I get to the midterm grades. Oh, my goodness. You think this Ooh, is fun. yeah? That's a that's this a great show. Oh, we work with the students. Yeah. Now. Wait to midterm. Oh boy. 
Yeah, that, that's always a good show. So, I'm look, I'm going to pub that now. By, by the time you get to mid-October, uh, no, let me see. What is that? That's uh, mid-September. Yeah, that's the October. Mid-September. No, oh, yeah, mid-October. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, this September. Yeah. Yeah. Right around homecoming yeah, time. Yeah, mid-October. You, you know, that's ad drop time for all y'all, for, for college students. You know, ad drop, for some reason, <laughs> why is ad drop always right around homecoming on campus? You know, yeah, right. I'm, yeah, I'm worried about if, going if to this party, case, but no, I got to go stand in this line and drop a class. September, I'm going to be like, man, you need to go see the doctor because it's not going to work again. Yeah, you, go on and take six, an ad drop. We can come try this again. You're not serious about school right now. Six weeks in and then you're trying to drop when you realize uh, I can't, I'm not going to make it. I get that w. I'm not going to make it to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, last couple of F, uh, FB, uh, FCS ones here. Um, number seven, Southern University. Now, I know a lot of people are probably like, hey, 86 to nothing over Florida Memorial. Yeah, y'all celebrating over whooping up on the NAIA school. Shame on y'all. But I'm going to tell you what, Doc. I'm a little harsh. This is a hard A minus. Southern committed. Look. Southern committed 16 penalties for 135 yards. One interception, right? You were supposed to beat Florida Memorial 86 to nothing. You know, here you are. That You were supposed to put up 42 points in a You did everything you were supposed to. But the only reason I can't give you the A-plus that we gave Jackson State is, or even the solid A that we've given, like, North Carolina Central, 16 penalties for 135 is ridiculous. Hey, what's uh, the turnovers in that game also, Brian? Yeah, they, the they had a, a turnover. I, I think, yeah, they had a one interception uh, in that ball game as well. So, yeah, you know, just not a perfect clinging game uh, at, at all. Despite you winning Doc, 86 to nothing. Before you oh, let I, Doc I'm comment. I'm in agreement. Uh, uh, I'm in agreement with that uh, with the A-. minus. I like the score here. Uh, I had them at a B plus until I saw somebody send me that they walked into um, the the game of the week with the walk, which I like. He introduced a similar thing at Prairie View, but they had on the baby blue suits with the with the S on their chest, and that's why they went up to an A minus. When you got a little style about you, you, you can go up. But I did grade a little harsher because you had all those penalties, so you can't come in to the. Uh, the really and get ready and put on your suit and look good and then play like a mess with the penalties. 86 points and a shutout. We'll check that box off every time. I don't care who it's against. I give it to you, even though it's little Florida Memorial. Y'all bust them down there and send them back home with a Creole sandwich. That, that was nice. Uh, <laughs> with the baby blue suits. Uh, I love that. Give them all the credit in the world. They look good until they got on the field and did the penalties. And so that's the only reason I give them an A minus. Um, but the suits did get them up from the B plus. They did that extra homework that you came in, and um, they came in and sat in the front of the class, so they got the A minus. The only thing about this game, it's it's kind of like when you you get a, a five hundred word essay on something that you could write a a uh, a term paper on. You know, that's kind of what that game seemed like to be. You know, I, you could have wrote a whole lot more on it, but. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the competition. No, no offense to Florida Memorial, but you, you did what you were supposed to do. You know, I didn't see the extra effort. This is the one that that's Brian when, and I disagreed. That's the one that Brian and Brian disagreed on. I was I was only going to give them a B, but he talked me into the A minus because I didn't see the extra effort because you were supposed to do this. Hey, Drew, you're perfect with with your framework. This is when somebody turns you two extra pages. 
But the last two pages, fluff. <laughs> It's like, man, the paper was good until you stretched it out and tried to give me two extra paper. Then you say nothing. And so that's why you can't get the AA plus because you flushed on the last two pages. If you would have stopped it on page 11 and closed it out, you got that. Well, a, you had you content, plus. but you tried to sell me on some fluff and you did more than you had to and didn't say anything. And I'm going to punish you for it. That's a minus. Get out of it. Try it again. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, two teams receiving votes in the poll that I think one of these teams is going to be really high in the upcoming rankings, Doc. Prairie View A&M, uh, I, I gave them a – we gave them a, a grade of an A. Um, obviously, 388 rushing yards, three guys over 100. They held Texas Southern to 166, uh, winning 40-23. to 23. Um Funny thing, Doc, I mean, uh, AD asked me, why not an A-plus? Only thing I could tell him, I said, you gave up 23 points. I, I think that's the only knock them for in terms of why it's not an A-plus performance is you gave up 23 points, even though you held your opponent to 166 yards. Why'd you give up 23 points? Uh, I'm sure you firsthand were, were watching that game uh, intently. Uh, how's that A sound for Prairie View? I agree with the A as well. Uh, I will say this: um, uh, A A minus. Uh, it's <laughs> I, I, I'm confused how much of this was Prairie View and how much was Texas Southern. Like I said, they had five <laughs> pass attempts, didn't get licked on any. The twenty some points, I can give you some narration about that. This will make you feel a little better about the twenty six points. One of them was a pick six by the backup quarterback that came in uh, when Trazon Conley went out because of a little pull hamstring he should be good to go this week uh so that was part of that and then the first touchdown was um a kickoff so special teams need some work they actually kicked it off ran the touchdown back Texas Southern got a penalty but it was uh clipped late long down the field so they had basically a short field they only scored on short field so that's why they didn't rack up a lot of points uh when they did score so you'll see um a lot of that scoring well at least seven points of it was really not on the defense. So you take that out. Now you're talking about holding the 20. And the other three points came also uh, when Trazon went out, was a three and out. And they got a short field again, and they were able to kick a field goal. So you can say 10 to 13 points. Uh, maybe maybe even uh, 17 points were basically off a short field, bad kickoff, put, putting the defense in a bad situation. That is the overall team, so I'll go with you. Uh, a A minus, but it gives you a little more framework in terms of that. That was really total d- domination on all sides of the ball uh, in terms of what Prairie got to do. And it's amazing that you can say you did it when you didn't even pass. You did not complete a pass. That's just amazing to me. And uh, that's when you get the tough grade for Texas Southern in terms of what they did, which essentially was a F. That would be my first F I, I'd give. Texas Southern University did not show up uh, after playing really hard. And I saw how much they worked out. Um, and that defensive coordinator, I don't know what he was doing uh, in that matchup. <laughs> and so, uh, it, you know, I like to be able to push a little more for Texas Southern University, but I just call it like I see it. That was – even the coach said that this morning in his uh, review of the team that he was extremely disappointed and they were, got outplayed in all phases of the game. That's uh, that's that's never a never a good look 
opening the season that way. Um, another team, and I and I think somebody uh, somebody in the chat room had asked, did we grade Grambling State? Yeah, we graded Grambling State. They were uh, they were also one of those teams that were receiving votes. I was actually one of those people that thought Grambling State could cover twenty eight and a half. Boy, was I wrong. And uh, I know Doc came on here last week and tried to warn us, Drew, didn't he? He warned. He tried to warn us about these games, and and uh, I know we graded uh, Grambling with a, with an F. Uh, you know, one hundred total yards to five seventy four. And I guess part of my thing was Arkansas State was one of the lowly ranked FBS schools. They were two and ten a year ago. Two and ten. Um, they out. I mean, they outrushed. Talk about Brian, Brian, Brian. How many games did Grambling win last year, though? Four. Okay. Four. Yeah. I, trust me. I mean, yeah, I, and they they still know. have some question at the quarterback position. Um, Grambling had fell off big time, and I'm not sure how many people realize how bad Grambling had fell off the map because they're such a historic program. So you tend to always try to give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt, but it's not there. Again, I'll give them a D uh, in regards because it's an FBS program. I know it's Arkansas State. They're struggling, but you're still giving more scholarships. Um, that has been a program that has done pretty well, so they're going to move trajectory uh, in a different direction. So um, when you play a team, Grambling trying to rebuild with a lot of questions, new coaches, the reason why a new coach came in there, and you're playing an FBS program, it's just not going to look very well. So, I don't give the F because of that, but certainly a D is what I gave. Do Do you guys ever have Maybe or know plus. somebody? Do you guys have a friend or know of somebody who just has things that happen to them? I mean, they're a good person. They have good intentions, good plans, but things just <coughs> things just always seem to go south. They never work out. They, I mean, just things turn negatively. For them, uh, always is something. There's a reason or an ex- I don't want to say an excuse, but it, whether you want to call it luck, or there's just reason some things happen, right? I've I felt this way prior to the hire, but I feel like Hugh Jackson is that guy. And I am watching more than ever how Hugh Jackson and Grambling is this year because Hugh Jackson – just had bad circumstances at Cleveland, at Oakland, but everybody, good coach, he talks, you hear him, and it sounds good. It sounds great. But just bad things just seem to happen. And so I'm just wondering, and I hope this doesn't happen, Graham fam, that this works out because – I'm, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna say that. I'm gonna say that in week one, and hope at the end of the year that you, you, you won seven or eight games, and maybe you win the Bayou. But hey. if you end up going three and eight, I'm just gonna just be like, hmm, another hey. huge action. I agree with you. That's a, that's a tough one. I'm gonna have to get last, out of here, guys. Any last comments, Doc? Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a bad grade from my wife. I gotta pick it up at the airport. Uh-oh. All right, all right. We gotta <laughs> we gotta any, let any last comments? go. So, no, uh, I think this is a great idea. I hope we get to pick it up. Uh, I can come back on in a couple of weeks and maybe do a different one. 
Uh, you can bring different uh, people on and see how their grades are. I think this will be a nice uh, framework segment, something that you add whenever you decide to do it. But I'd love to come back in and do some more of this. This was fun. I hope we appreciate the you, viewers enjoyed me providing uh, what they see and hear about in the classroom. <laughs> so it's a little different. Uh, but, yeah, this is how I get down in the classroom, master teachers, they say. All right. Uh, you guys make sure to check out Doc's show Tuesday night. That's tomorrow night, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. Also on Thursday as well, uh, Doc Charles and Charles Bishop Mike Washington. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back, finish up with our grades on the non-D1 level, and then give you our picks for the upcoming Week 2 games. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. It's like a loot machine. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your beard parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kinda got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. 
We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, thanks for hanging in with us. Make sure you're following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one part of the Black College Sports Network. Uh, go download our app, the Jericho Broadcast Network's app, on the Google or Apple Play Store. Just go and uh, search MyJBN or MyBCSN. And then uh, podcast format, BCSN Pod Zone is where you can find our show in podcast format, all of our shows that appear daily on the BCSN. So all kinds of shows, lots of different formats. Just thought I'd just do a summary real quick before we, before I go through the uh, non-Division one grades. The SIAC, you had five teams that won. You had Clark Atlanta, Albany State, Fort Valley and Benedict all from the East. The only team from the West that won was Central State. Uh, I think also SIC was 2-0 and over the CIAA with Benedict and Central winning. So uh, shout out to the SIC. Any of those matchups one this week two, in week two? One and two versus the uh, Gulf South. Okay. The Gulf South. Okay. Uh, and that, yeah, that's, that's, that's a regional. That's a regional department. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we got to explain people who aren't familiar with the Division Two level. Any upcoming SIC CIAA matchups this week for Week Two that we got to pay attention to? Um, I'll let you look for that here in a second. From the CIAA, there were only three teams that won. Uh, two of them from the North: Bowie State and Virginia Union, and Fayetteville State from the South. Uh, shout out to Fayetteville State, the 15-13 win over UNC Pembroke. And I got to make sure we say this right. The first win against a non-HBCU since 1993. Now, it's not the first win against uh, a PWI because UNC Pembroke is uh, uh, an MSI, correct, Drew? Yes, a minority-serving institution. Right. Which so is not quite which a- HBCUs, all HBCUs are MSIs or minority-serving institutions, but not all minority-serving institutions are HBCUs. Right. So the 15-13 win by Fayetteville State to open. It's been a long time since they've opened the season 1-0, and and now they, they host Wingate going into week two. That can also in the streak of wins versus uh, a PWI because that too is 1993. So it's been almost 30 years for Fayetteville State. And I'm telling you now, Fayetteville State pulls this one off. I'm going to make a bold prediction that Fayetteville State might run the table going into the CIAA. This might be their year. Who knows? Uh, But off to a great start already. Only two teams won in the MEAC. That was North Carolina Central. Can you name the other one, Drew? Delaware State against Lincoln of PA. 
Yes, 34 nothing for Delaware State. Correct. And then over in the SWAC, um, obviously Bama State improved to 2-0. and Jackson State with the win. Prairie View Southern UAPB all picking up wins. So that's only five schools in the SWAC. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. Week two, more check games, more games versus PWIs this week than last week. So uh, the opportunities for wins. Alabama State travels out to UCLA. Let's see if this game outdraws last week's game at UCLA. 27,000, I think, is what we saw. 27,000 were in attendance for that opener for UCLA against Bowling Green. Maybe is the Mar- – I, look, I'm going to get the name. The Hornets are going. Bama State. Marching Hornets. Uh, is it marching? Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say yeah. marching swarm. So I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, clarified for me because I was about to say is it the marching swarm? Uh, but yes, they are. Although that is a pretty dope name. I don't. You know, I don't know if there's a band called the marching swarm. Anyway, let me let me focus here. But they are. Um, yes. Okay. And the honeybees and all the other stuff, right? They're part of. The, they're part of the hornets. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, oh yeah, you. You oh I almost cussed. Uh EA just just uh you know what, EA, I I put was it was our bet forty K EA, please verify for me. Can A D or somebody in the chat, can you verify if our bet was forty thousand or was it thirty five? I really don't remember. Okay. I, he asked me, he, he asked in the chat room, any thoughts on the OBC attendance reported 40K? It was 39,000 something. Some oh, that bet, yeah, 39 and change. So it didn't reach. No, that 40. was for the uh, Jackson State game. That was. Ah, that was. okay. Okay. I'm, I'm nervous for that one now. I'm officially nervous after that Orange Blossom crowd. I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to, I told you, I'm going to have to do some promotions for Jackson, uh, for, for Bethune. I, I just call me crazy, but I, I'm gonna have to. I can't lose that bet. Uh, I, right. I talked too much smack already. All right, let's go into yeah. some grades here. I'm Pick, gonna go quickly. Uh, did you want to go over the games first, or you want to go over the grades? What games? What games? The D two games, big D two games. Yeah, that's uh, let's finish up. Let's D2 let's games. put a bet. Let's okay. put let's put the grades to bed, and then we can move forward. So I'm gonna just go run through the right. list of grades you guys react or not i'm not gonna get into the woods with all the stats and i did all the we did all this research drew and now it's like time is ticking we got to move uh so a mid-major this is based off the preseason poll by the hbcu pro sports media association new poll will be dropping tomorrow so uh this was the preseason poll number one Bowie state grade we gave them a b plus uh albany state one at home, we gave them an A minus. Uh, they were number two. Number three was Fayetteville State. We gave them an A. Four was Miles. Lost twenty-one to three. We gave them a B plus. Now I know Doc wouldn't give a team that lost a B, but by all statistical purposes, Drew Miles probably should have won that game. So they won everywhere I but the scoreboard. Everywhere but the scoreboard. Um, and again, Alabama, I don't know if Alabama State is keeping Miles on the on the schedule for years to come, but that's a dangerous team that, that, that I that might will not go, watch. That game will go back to Tuskegee playing the Labor Day Classic. Yeah, I would get away from that game, man. Miles has been pesky these last two years, and they scored 13 points each game. 
this time, you know, so anyway, Savannah State was preseason number five. We graded them with an F. I, I just, that was the only <laughs> failing grade. In, in, they played a lower in, tier in team. Now, this this one I think Doc might agree on. It wasn't like they were playing an upper tier team. They were playing a team that was lower division than them. Savannah State's D2, Southeastern is but they were playing NAIA. But they were playing the NAIA power team, though. And they were home, though, Drew. Okay, I'm trying to help you out. Uh, all right, here we go. Number six is Langston. They won 48-13 to 13 over OK Panhandle State. We, get, we graded them with an A. Virginia Union, big blowout over Virginia Union. Uh, not Virginia Man, Union, Lynchburg. but uh, Virginia Lynchburg. We gave them an A. Morehouse lost 24-16 to 16 to West Alabama. Gave them a C+. Plus. Gave Morehouse a C plus. They were in that ball game, actually. Tuskegee, uh, this one hurts your heart, but I love your honesty, Drew. D plus for Tuskegee. Um, yeah, uh, number that was number nine. Tied for tenth with Kentucky State. Lost thirty three to ten to Delta State. We gave them a C, but interesting. Kentucky State controlled the time of possession, forty three minutes to sixteen minutes. They, they had a plus one on the turnover. They ran 16 more plays than Delta State. Uh, the problem might have been your red zone. Delta State was five of six scoring in the red zone. Kentucky State was only one of three. Uh, another game that you look at the numbers, statistics, Kentucky State probably should have won that game. Virginia State was tied for 10th as well. They lost 38 to 19 to Lenore Ryan. Uh, we graded them with a C. They, too, ran 16 more plays, were plus two in the turnover battle, um, only outgained by about 70 yards. Third down conversions hurt Virginia State. They were five of 18 on third down. Uh, some other teams, Fort Valley State with a big win. We graded them with a B plus. Uh, Winston-Salem, we gave a C plus. Benedict, we graded with an A and Central State, who got a win, um, we graded them with a B. Hey, uh, hey Brian. Yeah. Just then, newd2football.com poll has dropped since we've been on the air. All right. What do we got? What take do we got? One, you want to take a guess as far as how many HBCUs that we have ranked in the poll? Three. You would be inc- you would be incorrect, Brian. Well, there were two, two in the polls previously. Same two. Okay, so you tease me. Yeah, there. that was Fayetteville State did not get in this week. Okay, see that was my third. That's why I was waiting in. Uh, right. Did Bowie okay. move into the top ten? Give me, tell me where you think they're at. Give me, give me where you well, think Bowie State is I, at, and where Albany State is at. Before I don't I think they were eight, even though they were eight listed on their on the school's website. I don't think that was from D two football. I, no, I they, think were, they were twelve. They were number twelve. They were twelve in D two football, okay. and Albany I'm State was 10. number twenty last week. Ten for Bowie and maybe seventeen for Albany State. Eleven for Bowie, fifteen oh, for Albany Bowie. State. Oh, okay, so that's a, f- a good jump. For now, the question is, how will voters view Albany State as they have to travel to Florida A&M 
um, this upcoming week. So we'll we'll talk about uh, that game um, in a second. Hey, uh, we're both members of the HBCU Pro Sports Media Top Ten now. Now, I just want to clarify for people: the BCSN's top five rankings don't come out until October. But Drew and I do vote in uh, another poll. So, Drew, um, what does your top three look like? Uh, now, give me your top five. You know, you're, we, we're, we're a top five kind of program. What's your top five? Do you have it handy or do you know it? If not, I can move off of this. Uh, this is for which level? Uh, either one. Obviously, we'll start with the I, I will tell one. you what I voted as soon as I find my vote sheet. That While you're doing I that, you guys in. who are in the chat room, oh, tell us go. which game you, tell us which game you are looking forward to in week two. You guys in the chat room, start getting those in now. Let us know what game are you looking forward to in week two. All right. All right, go ahead, ready? Drew. Uh, what's your top five, division one, your votes? Go. Obviously, number one is going to be uh, Jackson State. Number two was Central. Uh, Trying to find who I voted number three. Did I vote number three? Oh, number three was Alcorn. Despite the loss, I still voted Alcorn number three. Number four. Number four was... And I, oh, number four was Prairie View, and number five was Alabama State. Okay, my top five, I had Jackson State at one. I had Prairie View at two. I had North Carolina Central at three, Alabama State four, and I moved Hampton up to five. That's Hampton U at five. Okay, uh, let's go to the non-D1, our top five. In the non-D1. You got it? Yes. Uh, Albany State was my number one. uh, Bowie State was my number two. Fayetteville State was my number three. I've got to find my four and five. Langston was my number five. We just passed them. And who the heck did I vote number four? Trying to find, looking on my sheet. School that starts with an F or a B or a V. Benedict was four. Okay. Okay. So my top five, top five consisted of Bowie State at one, Albany State at two, Fayetteville State at three, Fort Valley State at four, Langston five. So, um, and I put Benedict at seven. So, um, a couple of teams that weren't in the polls that, and and I think the way I like to do this poll is I I like to look week to week, but obviously you kind of think about the season thus far, but um, it is sort of week to week. I don't just move teams up and down one spot or two spots. I mean, I really, you know, try to try to look at the metrics <clears throat> and see how teams do, but that, that's the starting point. So we'll see who jumps in and who jumps out. So, all right, let's get into some picks for this week. Now, again, last week, Drew and I 
<clears throat> we're three and two in our HBCU FCS picks. Uh, I am one and one. He is zero oh and two in our head-to-head matchup, specifically for HBCU versus HBCU matchups. All right, Drew. So uh, we're starting here. Let's go. Okay, so let's start off with just the two HBCU versus HBCU. There's only two. There's South Carolina State traveling to Bethune, and there is um, Jackson State and Tennessee State. Um, so uh, since I won last week, you get to go. You have to go first. All right. So those two teams, South Carolina State, Bethune. South Carolina State, Bethune, and I am going to make my picks in our in our pool as we make these. South Carolina State, Bethune. <sighs> South Carolina well, State. Is, he, is he still there? Huh? I can't vote for Baton. I'm sorry. I'm going to <laughs> I love it. I can't, I can't vote for Baton. I, I can't. Okay. Not in this right. situation. I, not in this situation. I'm going uh, to go with the – I'm trying to see if I'm my going, swag bias was going was going to win out. But, no, I'm staying with South Carolina. I'm going to – I will actually vote for Bethune then. I'll, I'll save you the trouble so you possibly get a chance to get one on me. If uh, right. if South Carolina State wins, and then we got the Southern Heritage Classic, that's uh, seven o'clock Memphis time. I think that's Central time, so that's eight Eastern. Uh, who do you got, Jackson State or Tennessee State? Do you really have to ask me that question after what I witnessed this weekend? Hey, I mean, I gotta officially ask it. So, what do you got? I got the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I got Jackson well State. Said. I got Jackson State too. So, uh, okay. so I think so both. I, I so could possibly gain a game, or you could submit you could your. Gain, you could gain a game. Yes. Okay. Now, a lot of HBCU versus PWI games this week. You've got AT traveling to North Dakota State. You got Norfolk State traveling to James Madison. Valley is traveling to Austin P. Alabama State is going to UCLA. You got the Battle of Delaware. Delaware State traveling to Delaware. Alcorn travels to Tulane. Uh, Howard is coming south to South Florida. Uh, Alabama A&M traveling to Troy. Grambling to, against Northwestern State. Morgan State against Townsend. That's a battle of Baltimore, I think. The Battle in Baton Rouge. Southern against LSU should be pretty doggone good. Texas Southern at North Texas, Prairie View at Abilene. Now, we want winners for these next three. So, so the question, obvious question, Drew, who do you – is there an HBCU that can get a win? Any HBCUs that you see getting a win out of those matchups? I would have said possibly Alabama A&M against Troy, but after what I saw last week, I can throw that one out the window. Uh, <laughs> Lynchburg Presbyterian, nah. Is Jamie Walker still in the chat? Jamie, how confident do you feel about North Carolina? I'm curious. Jamie's in the picks contest. I'm curious if he will 
pick A&T or will he stay away from A&T this week? I'm curious about that. The one where I could see something happening is going to depend on the uh, Alcorn quarterback if he's able to come back would possibly Alcorn to Lane. That would be the one I would keep an eye out on. I was thinking about that too, Alcorn to Lane. Um, <clears throat> I... Uh, yeah, that that'll be interesting. Um, you know, it, it's hard because I think we're going to both be picking the PWIs in these contests. I mean, Southern traveling to LSU, that'll be interesting on many levels. Um, I'll tell you, had Howard, Howard missed an opportunity because Howard, if they could have won a couple of games, They've got South Florida. Uh, South Florida is not a good team. Uh, that's an that's an opportunity they could have won. But I'm gonna it, give you I'm gonna give you one there. more, Brian. Yeah. After what I saw last week, Valley and Austin P could be another possible one where you could see something. Valley showed me something last week. I don't know. Just, I just want to throw it out there. Yeah, I, you know what? We'll we're gonna. I, I, I'm not. Let's not force it. We we've already made the two HBCU picks. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I'm just, no, I'm not calling the audible. But you said, but you said a game that could you could possibly see it. Uh, uh, HBCU getting a win against the uh, yeah. HWCU. I yeah. can see that. Okay. All right. Um, let's go through some of the non-division one matchups that that we got our eye on here and let's kind of pick these games lane lane is hosting benedict college that's going to be uh two o'clock central three eastern and lane this this has conference ramifications written all over it here in week number two um both teams have expectations drew how do you see this one faring lane or benedict I mean, both teams put up over 40 points last week, although Benedict did that against a a like division opponent in Elizabeth City. Lane put up 40 points against an FCS opponent. Lane is at home. I got to take Lane. Hmm. Lane, huh? Um... Plus, they're my pick to win the uh, – SIEC West, so this game counts. Yeah, I I tend to I tend to side with you there. I think the the home field advantage will will play significant for Lane. Really impressed. I I think they had I think they played a tougher opponent in Week One, and very well could have won against UAPB. I mean, I, you know, props to UAPB for winning, but um, I, I, I'm going to say lane by maybe a field goal. Anywhere from three to six points is where I see that one coming out. Um, Bowie State travels to Michigan to take on Saginaw Valley State. Uh, last year, I was just – I'm sitting here just looking it up. Uh, last year, Bowie um, – Travel. I think they traveled last year to Saginaw. No, they hosted no, Saginaw. Saginaw came to them. Yeah, they they hosted, uh, beat them twenty eight to nineteen 
Valley had uh, Bowie had to do what they did last week. They had to rally in the fourth quarter to get that win. I don't know if they want to play around with with Saginaw this year. But uh, um, so I don't know if you want to pick this one or just kind of keep moving. I just thought I'd mention it. I just so I, I I I think I think Saginaw Valley will get them at home. Okay, uh, Clark Atlanta, the Willie, uh, not Willie, but um, um, I almost said the Willie Willie Simmons era at Clark. Uh, Willie Slater. Slater. Willie Slater, thank you. Slater era begins at home at Clark. They host Erksine after the win. That's a 4 o'clock Eastern game. <clears throat> um, that'll, be, <clears throat> that'll be good. Uh, how about this for a matchup? Virginia Union traveling to Valdosta State. Valdosta State ranked number three. Let's see what that 77 points looks like. Let's see. Ranked number two. Ranked okay. number two in the latest ranked poll. number two. So, yeah, here you go, Virginia Union. This could be a big win for, for Union if they can go to Valdosta. Of course, Valdosta plays a very nice BC uh, HBCU schedule. Um, any, any picks or any thoughts on those two games? No, uh... Uh, right down the road from me, uh, if I was not going to be at the Clark Erkstein game, I would definitely be at the Valdosta State Virginia Union game. Okay. Uh, we got about three minutes left here. Um, Miles is hosting West Alabama. Of course, West Alabama just, uh, just got a win. Uh, I think they're a top 20 team. Um, that'll be interesting. CIAA versus SIAC in South Carolina as Allen hosts Johnson C. Smith. Battle of Delaware happening in Delaware as the Blue Hens host the Hornets. Uh, I think that was a blowout last time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Edward Waters hosting Savannah State. Edward Waters gets their first win. I'm calling it, Drew. They get their first win over Savannah State this week. I'm calling it. I, I see your uh, call. Okay. Uh, keep moving here. Um, Morehouse hosting West Georgia. What is West Georgia? Have they moved up in the rankings on the D2 football poll? I do not see West Georgia in the poll. Really? Okay. I thought really? preseason West Georgia was ranked like fourth or fifth, but anyway. Oh, uh, still, uh, check that. Game. Check that. West Georgia is 10. I'm sorry. Okay. Was your Okay. I was going to say, I thought they were somewhere in West Alabama is um, not in the poll. Oh, they aren't. Okay. No. So see how that changes. Uh, very dangerous game for Florida A&M. Uh, Six o'clock Eastern home opener against Albany State. That is going to be a tough game. I, if FAMU uh, plays like they played last week against Jackson State, Albany State will well, pull obviously. off the upset. Obviously, I mean, come on that 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 Albany State's defense that, is that goes without Rattlers. Let me tell you, Albany State's defense, and I saw them last week, is all that they also they also word hate on this. the street, word on the street, uh, from some people who saw it and were at the scrimmage, they weren't keeping score, but let's just say Albany State played with FAMU when they scrimmaged back in the spring. Uh, there is no, there is going to be no fear from Albany State, and they will actually probably come into this game with about – they're going to bring 3,000 people from Albany. They they are going to come into Bragg Memorial believing that they can knock off FAMU. I, I'm just – 93 I'm minutes 93 minutes from one campus to the other. 
right? That game will be on HBCU Go. I think that's the debut of their series. Got a couple minutes left here, Drew. Uh, Hampton is hosting Tuskegee. Uh, Hampton, 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, any thoughts on what your Golden Tigers are going to do there? You know, I, I had Tuskegee in the upset against Hampton until I saw Tuskegee play last week. And there's not, not any slight on Tuskegee, but it's still going to be a work in progress for Tuskegee. Uh, don't, don't see them being able to get Hampton. They will compete in the SIAC, but not against this F, FBS, FCS opponent. All right. Um, uh, North Carolina Central hosting Winston-Salem State in Durham, North Carolina. That's an interesting game. I think those teams haven't played in like since they were both in the CIAA, I think. Battle of Baltimore, Townsend, uh, and Morgan State. That'll be interesting. Uh, can can that, that could be a big win in recruiting for Morgan State. Virginia State hosting Bluefield State. Watch out for Big Blue, Virginia State. I'm telling you now. Watch out for Bluefield State. Dangerous team coming to town. Watch out. Um, Going through the roster. Prairie View traveling to Albaline Christian. Prairie View, show me something and go get a win on the road. That's what I'm watching. Go get a win. Go get a win on the road. And the last one I'm going to mention, Drew, Wingate traveling to Fayetteville State. 2000, no, 1993, the last time Fayetteville State defeated an HWCU. The streak can come to an end. Seven o'clock Eastern, that game kicks in Luther Nick Gerald Stadium. All right. Any final thoughts, Drew, as we uh, get ready to wrap it up here for this show? Everybody just relax. It's only week one. For some, for some, it's week two. For some of us, it's week two. But it's week one for 90% of us out there. Uh, Let's wait to the let's wait to the end of September before you hit the panic button. Now, after this week, you may you may need to, uh, to go in the fl- closet to get the flashlight so that you can find the panic button and hit the test button on it. But you do not need to sound the alarm yet. All right, uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, Drew doing double duty, producing and co-hosting. I'm Brian Fulford. Go download the uh, Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google or Apple Play Store. My JBN, my BCSN is where you can find it. And also look for the podcast on the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you listen and download to podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you all you guys on Facebook and YouTube for being a part. Support the Black College Sports Network when you see the opportunity. We appreciate you and we thank you. And uh, let's uh, have a good week and get ready for the action coming up on Saturday, week number two. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Peace out, everybody. Go to D2Football.com, SIAC reporter. See my SIAC report. We'll holler. But you're my beast of your heart.